There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Good morning, Sam. Did you stay up late and watch the Oscars? Nah. I've, <laughs> Me I've neither. People who, watch the, people who watch the Oscars, sweeping statement here. Apologies to any cunters out there who are offend. <laughs> but I've always sort of thought that people who stay up watching the Oscars, particularly British people, are <laughs> cunts. The worst kind of what, cunts. Don't you think? So you're totally on board with this? Ah, oh, pretty much. I've got no time for any award ceremonies whatsoever in any way, shape or form. But They're the, bollocks. The Oscars, it's like the conversations that surround the Oscars are like so stupid because hmm. you'll go, people will go, oh, so, um, I mean, obviously, you know by osmosis who fucking won the big ones, right? You can't bloody switch on the telly or the radio or Twitter yeah. about knowing. So I know that that, what was it, green card, the one, two green, fellas driving around book. in a car. That's it, Green Book, right? Yeah. So that one, right? So say, for example, then some cunt might come up to you and go, yeah, uh, Green Book won. Uh, I don't know. I might have given it to Roma. And you're like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, like I'm all for movies. I like movies. But these are just the subject- subjective opinions of some strangers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. It's like, if, if say, football... Right, and yeah, I'm not for a moment suggesting that discussing football has much merit to it. It doesn't. Apologies to people tuning <laughs> into this thing. It's a football podcast, but at least like it's based in something that is, you know, like one team won. They scored more goals than the other team, right? So they're yeah, the winner like of the a game. Statistical facts. Yeah, yeah. Manchester yeah. City beat Chelsea yesterday in the cup. The stats don't lie. This is not an opinion. Imagine if football was decided by opinion. So teams played all year, but then the results were discounted. And at the end of the year, some fucking, some cunts you didn't know, like the owners of the clubs uh, or whatever, all got together and had a meeting, strangers, and decided, well, I actually think that Wolves should probably get the best team award this year. Yeah. And and then someone would go, yeah, it would be the equivalent of saying, well, it shouldn't because the biggest box office hit this year was, I'd, I mean, fuck knows what it was, right? Manchester so United. Go, <laughs> yeah, but in the in the movie world, someone might go, oh, I'm pretty sure uh, Avengers Infinity War yeah. statistically won films this year, and they go, yeah. oh, how crass! Looking at the looking at the uh, financial aspect of it. Right, but the thing is, this is just so fine. Have your opinions and all of that, but don't come up to me when I'm at work mm. trying to work and go, yeah, sit on the perch on the edge of my desk <laughs> and start trying to have a serious adult conversation 
about the opinions of some anonymous cunts on the other side of the world and what they thought was a good or bad film. It, it, I mean, it's ludicrous. Do you think Leicester would have won the Premier League that season if that had been the system, if, the, if it had been chosen by a panel of experts? Would they, have <laughs> gi- they would have given it to Leicester because they were the underdogs and they had the best results. Wouldn't they? Yeah, I think so that Leicester would have been. A, anyway. I think that would have been a rare year where the statistical winner would have also been the, the actual winner. They, they, they but, kind of they kind of already do that because they have the manager of the year award, don't they? Which is never yeah. it's never won by the the manager of the team that's won the league unless they've won like the treble or something. It's usually I mean, the it manager used to that's. Be. Yeah, but yeah. these days it's, it's, it's just, above his weight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Sean Dyche, I think won it because they Burnley finished oh, yeah. seventh. Yeah, and yeah, obviously yeah. Leicester will won it that year, and Wolves, the beard face from Wolves might win it this year because it's he's doing really arbitrary well. Because you might be, let's say, you know, Brighton, like stay up but finish seventeenth. You know, fucking Chris Hutton might be there sitting there thinking, "Oi, cunts! I might not have won the league. <laughs> I might not have finished seventh. But do you know how hard it is on these kind of resources with these kind of gates to yeah. even sustain this team in the Premier League?" Anyway, the other country thing about people who are into the Oscars, right, is that this is the worst. Imagine this. Oh, every year I have an Oscars party. You oh. can't. Oh, this God. is this, this is some twat, right, and he or she are living here in the UK. It happens all over the mm. country. It probably even happens in Sunderland, mate. You just wouldn't have got the invite because people Jesus. know. They can, tell, they can tell by the look on your face. Don't even mm, fucking think of mentioning this in front of that grumpy cunt because he, mm. he won't have it. He'll kick Quite off. Right. Uh, but it happens all over the country and people go, I'm having an Oscars party. And then everyone comes around and they all stay up, but they're in a dreary house in England. No offence, but all of our houses are dreary one way or another in comparison to the way they're living in Hollywood, mm. right? And they get snacks in and they might even dress up. And in a way, they're pretending that they are part of the Oscars community. Yeah. Right? Do they, do, and it's do, like there's something really, there's something genuinely tragic about that, isn't there? Do these it's people, like, do, these people about take the, do they take the day off work afterwards then? Do they take the Monday they off? Do. Yeah. So what you, I mean, you only get something like, what, four weeks paid holiday a year and you're wasting one one twentieth of that. To watch some fuckers you don't know. Watch, yeah. Celebrate their own arbitrary subjective opinions on you know some pop, a pop cultural art form it's Fucking... it's bizarre but the thing is it's people like to feel like they're part of it and that's what it's a shame because you kind of go you know like and they're, they're proud of it like when i used to do the radio show on a day like today you would always have someone and now we've got film critic for such and such on the phone to talk us through the oscars and what Ooh. happened and they'll go yeah well i stayed up Really proud as if, like, almost like they're kind of implying that in a way they were just half a step away from actually being invited to the Vanity Fair party. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I stayed up. Well, that's me. I'm in the movie business. No, you're fucking not. What are you talking about? You're a blogger. Yeah, you're a fucking blogger. Yeah, I stayed up. Yeah, I kind of thought, well, it was a bit of a surprise because I was half expecting uh, the the favourite to get the nod. For the Oscar. What the fuck? Is, what? What? Stop talking. Is it? This is Matt. This is like I might as well listen to my son talking about fucking you know Lego Ninjago because it's the same. It's got the same grounding in reality. Um, and then they start getting onto what everyone wore, don't they? As well. Yeah. Oh well, she fucking wore a dress by Chanel, and that really wowed everyone. 
Yeah. Fuck me. Let me just say the last word on this. I've just realised something. It's no different whatsoever to me dressing up as Dick Turpin <laughs> and riding around the house on a broomstick, <laughs> right? Shooting at imaginary fucking soldiers and yeah. holding up ima- and going up to my mum and making her put on a posh voice and pretend that she is a posh woman in Dick Turpin times, right? Riding across Stanmore Common and me holding her up in her carriage for her jewellery. It's the same fucking deal because I'm watching a, a work of fiction and as a kid fantasizing that I am part of that. Yeah. But I stopped doing that, mate. I know that you suspect that I've still got a Dick Turpin outfit. I haven't. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. I stopped right. doing it when I was about eight, right? But you think that's... you increasingly think more and more about getting a new one, don't you? I do, but that's because of this podcast, yeah. which increasingly is about Dick Turpin. But to be honest, before we started talking about this podcast, I hadn't thought about Dick Turpin for a while. <laughs> now, now you can't I, think I'll about anything now, else. I'll admit I think about little else than Dick Turpin. <laughs> But it's just the same as when I used to dress up as Dick Turpin, mate. That's the same as these people having Oscar parties. Oh, just the parties, not the entire Oscar thing. I thought you were comparing the no. whole Oscars to let you dressing up as Dick it. Turpin. Oh, let these people in Hollywood have their fucking Oscars. That's fine. It's the Oscar fans that I think are pathetic. I wonder how. I wonder what the crossover is between people who have Oscar Oscar parties and people who love sport. I think there's not much crossover at all. It's their equivalent yeah. of sport. They don't get sport. Yeah, because they talk about it like sport. And then yeah. they're the fuckers who'll be on Twitter taking the mickey. You know, I know uh, you hate Cup. it during big games when, like, yeah. twats go on and start going, oh, there's been a soccer goal. Yay, yeah, go there's team. Been, there's been a right? score in the kickball. Fuck off. Yeah, and, and they, 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 what they're doing is they're being ironic and, and sort of satirising mm. the fact that we're a bunch of adults engaging in what is basically a daft game. And it's not like we don't get... We're intelligent enough to know that football is just a daft game, but we yeah. suspend our disbelief, just like you do when you go and watch a fucking film. <laughs> right? It's the same fucking thing. You're not sitting there standing up going, oh, my God, this is fucking real. It's actually happening. Oh, my God, giant ants really have invaded the earth. <laughs> Stupid. So that's the anyway, Oscars dealt with. Before we yeah. go any further, we've had, a, we've had an email from James Ashton, who was the pretend vet who uh, oh, spoke yeah, about the other day. yeah, let's see what day, he's got to say for himself. Who you've, you've alleged is, was a bullshitter. He says, it, it seems I have been called out by Sam's wife on my bullshit story. Was that why, was it your wife? Don't bring my wife into I, it. I thought it was your kids, wasn't it? There was a number of people. They were just some of them. All there right. was The main person who called you out was on Twitter. His name I forget, but he said, the person on Twitter said, I call bullshit on that vet story. It's a storyline from Seinfeld. Yeah. Right, well, Jim says, uh, I can assure you that it is true. I don't have any documentation to provide. As you can imagine, the lady in question wanted nothing to do with me and the dog stick isn't something that I kept. Uh, He says, I don't think Mrs. Delaney understands the lengths a young man would go to to impress a lady if there was the slightest chance of a leg over, hence my saying I was a vet. Also, the large amounts of drink that had been enjoyed throughout the day may have had a part in the proceedings. I don't appreciate my name being slandered. What? In calling my story bullshit, he says, yeah. I am going to have to seek legal advice well, from some of the on. from some of the greatest legal minds in the country, or maybe Sam's brother and dad. <laughs> Listen, I, fine, I will see you in court, and you you get first choice, right, of barrister, my dad or my brother. It's up oh, to you. Fucking hell. Toss a I coin. know which one I'll be choosing, right, which, and I'm not going to say it. No, I'm not going right, to say okay. it. Okay, okay. They've both got their merits. 
Right? Yeah, but you've got but inside I know information. who I'll go with, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fine, it's fair hard. enough. Because my dad would be really underprepared. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd go in sort of really cocky, just thinking, I don't need to examine the notes. And you'd even be like, the, the can, I at least tell, can I at least tell you about what the case is? No, I don't care. Don't You'll only get muddled. The truth will out. <laughs> he'd walk into court not wanting to know what the subject of the court case was, because that's the way he rolls. Cass would really prepare because he's very academic. But, but then... He forgets things. He'd prepare and then he'd just forget. <laughs> so with, with that in mind, I still can't work out which one of them you'd have as your lawyer. No, I'm not but... sure now. But anyway, yeah, I'll <laughs> see you in court and leave m- my missus out of it. She was just one of the many people, many people. I believe that... this fella. All right. I believe well, if him. he's gone to the effort of coming back, maybe he's right, but we have to yeah. have this out in a court of law. Yeah, and I'm it not. sounds like he has no... You know, most cases nowadays, they get decided on the forensics and the DNA. Yeah. And it sounds to me like he is, he's fucking told us he hasn't got any of that. So he's got a paper-thin case. Well, it's, it's his word. It's his exactly. word against mine. Against you and the, the word of your lawyer. But uh, we'll see how that develops. Um, I was listening to Talk Sport this morning on oh, yeah. doing the school run and uh, Stuart Pearce was on. Always good value. And... Um, Stuart Pearce has just come back from North Korea, Sam. Oh. That, did you see the recent Michael yeah, Palin documentary in North Korea? I saw they were Korea? taking the mickey out of him a while ago about going to North Korea, but I thought it was a wind-up. No. Did you see the recent Michael Palin thing on Channel 5? It was a two-part no. Michael Palin went to North Korea. It was all right, but can you imagine if it was Stuart Pearce instead of Michael Palin? That would have been watchable. Fucking hell. And he, he talked about going through customs when he first got there. And you've got to fill in all various forms and all this sort of thing. And you've got to yeah. hand over any books that you've got with you. And do you know what Ke- What he was reading? Do you know what, what? Stuart Pearce was reading? Kevin what? Keegan's autobiography. Yes! <laughs> Stuart Pearce has taken Kevin Keegan's autobiography. <laughs> my, um, my life as an electric mouse. <laughs> and he's taken it to North Korea. How about that? That's fucking great. Maybe he took it as a gift. An offering to Kim Jong Il. Yeah, they did. He did say that. He says there's a book and it lists all of the gifts that have been given to to the dear leader over the years, and there's yeah. something like 150,000 different gifts listed in there, mm-hmm. from visitors and from foreign <laughs> dignitaries and all this and sort of best, thing. When asked, Kim Jong Il said that easily the best gift he'd received was <laughs> Kevin Keegan, my life as an electric mouse, given to him by former <laughs> England and Nottingham Forest captain Stuart Pearce. Stuart Psycho Pearce. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's another one we can add to the list of um, projects that we want to do. We take Stuart Pearce back to North Korea yeah. for a podcast. Oh, yeah. Podcasting live from North Korea with fucking Stuart Pearce would be great. Imagine. Listen, I don't want to get into this, and I don't want to sound like Rory Bremner when he's on Wogan, constantly <laughs> thinking of scenarios like, huh, what do you think it would be like if Michael Caine <laughs> found himself in an episode of Coronation Street? I think it would be a little something like this. But I'm just going to leave this hanging. Imagine what Roy Keane thinks about the fucking Oscars. Imagine if someone asked Roy Keane, do you want to come to my... Imagine if Martin O'Neill said, Roy, would you like to come? My wife is organising nothing fancy but an Oscars party <laughs> at our luxury mock Tudor mansion in, on the outskirts of Nottingham. Would you like to come? You can bring Mrs Keane 
And we're just going to have some nibbles. Um, we do ask that you dress in full dinner suit because we like to pretend that we are there at the Oscars. <laughs> would you like to come? I'm not going to start going into what Roy would say, but I think regular listeners can imagine how that would go down. And, and that really, sometimes you do have to do run in, in life, you do have to do what would Roy Keane say. Yeah. And so if someone asks you to an Oscars party, just think what would Roy Keane yeah. say. Yeah. Or oh, there's that thing I, I said a few weeks ago about uh, Jimmy and Janus. Jimmy and Janus is always a good guide as to what you should do, as in the opposite of what Jimmy and Janus would do. Yeah, that is a no, good. No offense system. to him, he seems like a lovely little little fella, but um, no. I don't think. What do you question some of his decisions? <laughs> just in life, just, uh, his uh, life just, choices. I don't think Jimmy and Janus ever gives any kind of guidance or advice or or insight that 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 sort of. Um, I think it's fair to me. say. I think I think it's fair to say that Jermaine Genus has not been there for either of us in our times of need. No, exactly. And that, we won't forget that. I think it's an um, age thing. It's an age thing. He hasn't lived the lives that we've lived. So <laughs> he, he, he can't, he can't empathise with us. He wasn't there in the 90s, was he? No, he um, wasn't. Oh, he he was. wasn't there at the sharp end of the 90s. Well, he, you was, know, but the, he was uh, six. Black grape concerts and all the other things. <laughs> <laughs> lusting over Lizette Anthony. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, there's another series of podcasts. Fuck. There's another trigger. What was oh. that sitcom called that she was in? Um, Three Up, Two Down. Fucking great with Elphick. With Mike, Michael Elphick, yeah. I oh. like the bloke as well. Whatever happened to him, he was a good actor. Who, Elphick? No, of course Elphick Oh, the other was. fella. But Lizette Anthony's husband. Rhea Burdus. <laughs> he was yeah. the put-upon husband. I mean, the one bonus, he had his old man and his nightmare mother-in-law living with him, and yeah. he was just getting it from all fucking angles, wasn't he? He yeah, would but, be the perfect listener to this podcast. Yeah, but he was going to bed with Lizette Anthony at the end of the deal, though, wasn't exactly. he? Okay, exactly. Exactly. And can... that was what made it all. You sometimes thought, why is this cunt standing for it? I would just say, do you know what? Fuck all of you, I'm going straight. <laughs> yeah. Which would have been a... Which would have been a great spin-off series. I used to do a lot of spin-off sitcoms in those days, just Going Stray, which well, the, was the, the one... Well, the, the Porridge spin-off was called Going Straight. Going Straight, yeah. Well, it... Oh, mate, what was the spin... I was trying to think when I was in Mallorca next, last week, I said to Anna, there was, a, there was a sitcom, and I think it was a spin-off from another sitcom, and it was called Don't Drink the Water. Have I imagined that, Andy? I can't remember that at all. Have you thought about all looking right, on well... Google? Nah, I can't be bothered with that, mate. I'm busy. <laughs> But other shit. Jimmy and Genus would Google it. Yeah, don't drink the water sitcom. So it's my mate Neville's birthday today. I'm not going to wish him happy birthday because he's fucking in his 40s. And as I told him, fuck your birthday. What are you, a child? (laughs) Anyway, we were having a bit of abuse about it on our West Ham group about his birthday. And uh, someone sent him a picture of a pound coin saying, here's a picture of a pound coin that I won't be giving you. And it put me in mind of my mate, Alex Jones, who lived... Um, a few doors down from me when I was growing up. When Son I was a of Steve kid. Jones from the Pyramid Game. No, funny enough, oh, no. Another this is Jones. What's interesting. I had, I had a. One day I will do a deep dive into dads I knew. Right. Yeah. So my dad wasn't about, as has been well documented. He was busy defending himself in legal cases. Of course. Right. But my three best mates had this real, had these real contrasting. Like, my impression of what an at-home dad was, a non-stray dad was, mm. was confused. Because on the one hand, Ollie Jones's dad was Steve Jones, the smooth-tongued um, celebrity host of Pyramid yeah. Game, right? Absolute top bloke, inspiration to me, great man, beautiful voice. Then, William Gallagher, 
his dad, who was also an at-home dad, was Tom Gallagher, and he was the one who, when he not walked around to pick up William Gallagher <laughs> from yeah. Steve Jones's house, and Steve yeah. Jones offered him a beer, he went, "I haven't got time, but I'll take the can with me and have it when <laughs> I get home." On the doorstep, yeah. And that there, that one story sort of sums up these sort of conflicting cultures, you know, that amongst my best friends. And then Alex Jones's dad, uh, Malcolm, was the bloke who got me into West Ham because he was from Bethnal Green, but we were living in Brentford. But he took me to West Ham and got me really into West Ham. But he, the family were Cockneys, Andy. Like oh, real no. Cockneys from the East End. Oh, Jesus. And the re- Yeah. And the reason it came <laughs> into my mind, right? Yeah. I mean, Alex Jones wasn't because he'd grown up in Brentford. But his dad's family, sometimes I had dealings with. And yeah. they were re- They were Cockneys. And... Uh, <laughs> when this mate sent through this pound coin thing this morning, it reminded me, and I had this vivid memory of on his birthday, I was round his house, Alex Jones's 10th birthday, and his granddad gave him a card. It was from his grandparents or his step-grandma, as she was, right? And they gave him a card it's from your grandparents, and inside <laughs> they had drawn a <laughs> naked bird, right? <laughs> And they'd stuck two pound coins where the tick should be and another pound coin where the fanny should be. And that's what he got. Three quid. One one representing the tick each and one representing the fanny. And that was from his granddad. And that was when I thought, welcome to hell. Welcome to hell for the first time. I thought to myself, well, this is this is the Cockney way. Right. Right, hang on. Because there's been a major development while you've been telling me that story. Don't right. Drink the Water. Yes, that was yeah. a, a sitcom spin-off. And it was a spin-off from, wait for it, On the Buses. Ah, and brilliant. It, the storyline follows Blakey from On the Buses <laughs> and his sister Dorothy, who's played by Pat Coombs, um, living in Spain after their retirement. Brilliant. There are 13 episodes of Don't Drink the Water. They are all on YouTube. I think we Fucking both know yes. what happens next. Deep dive, deep, deep dive, dive, deep dive. <laughs> that sounds fucking brilliant. I'm going to have to tell Mrs. Delaney that that new French Netflix series that she wanted to watch over the next two weeks is cancelled. Uh, we're not watching that. i got something even better. Fire up the old YouTube. It's time to watch Don't Drink the Water. Because let's face it, the best thing about On the Buses was always Blakey. Yeah. So to give him his own show uh, with Pat Coombs as well. Fucking hell. <laughs> Yeah, 13 episodes of that we'll be doing. We'll put that behind the peer wall because that's gold content, that is. Solid that really gold. is gold. Blakey in Spain. Spain in the 70s as well. Yeah. Different, different ex- beast then, wasn't it? Ex- different times kind of uh, yeah. views of what Spain was like. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, like Senor Disandat. Jalapeño. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Well, mind you, I mean, my experiences with Senor Dissendat, the Avis toe man, <laughs> like, uh, that's what I was, I was shouting at, 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 uh, at my disinterested family at one point. I said, you couldn't make it up. It's like something out of Carry On Abroad. <laughs> 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 this point where they're like trying to just walk around a, a beautiful medieval <laughs> church and, and looks and your kids faces have seen it. no carry on films yeah. whatsoever and i'm just a really like bright red-faced englishman bald <laughs> running around angry you know what i thought though, about that avis gate thing is like when we got off the plane in Mallorca and then we drove to the destination i said something like oh it's been a pretty smooth trip and they all laughed at me because the running joke amongst my family is that whenever we go on holiday on the first day during the journey once we hit the foreign country i have a track record of at some point or another absolutely fucking exploding usually at one of the locals right (laughs) really because traveling traveling with kids can be like stressful can't it yeah and then the heat a man very 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 pale like me with a celtic complexion (laughs) bald head so the sun's getting right into your brain (laughs) After a day, uh, you know, travelling, usually the point at which I fucking hit the foreign soil is the point at which something happens. It's usually like a higher car. I, there was an incident in Croatia the summer before last on a ferry that took us from the mainland out to the island we were going to a wedding on. And I've leapt out of the fucking car and gone berserk at the ferryman, the Croatian ferryman. It always happens. And they were teasing me going... Oh, you know, this is uh, one of the first trips you've ever gone through and you haven't exploded at any locals yet. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm a different kind of guy now. I'm very chilled out. I think a lot about my moods and my conduct nowadays. I'm much more zen. Next day, I'm fucking running around the town square in the village of Palenza shouting, it's like something out of fucking carry on abroad. You can make up chasing a tow truck as they take my fucking car away. So you think you can change, you think you can work on yourself, mate, but you just don't change. Okay. So the uh, the podcast for North Korea is actually going to be you and the kids. You just no. you and the kids, not your wife. No, she won't North come. Korea. I am taking I am taking the kids to North Korea. It's important that they get exposed to this sort of thing. Very good. Should we look at some football stuff? Yeah. Did you have any opinions about the Chelsea goalkeeper thing? No. No, me neither. Not interested. It's. I don't care. You know. All, all, I, I didn't. Put, I stopped watching because it was so boring. And then I looked at my phone and I had a message from Casper Delaney to yeah. the group I've got with him and my other brothers. The title of the group is Cunts. Of course. And and uh, he'd just written the word paradise, which is the word he always uses when Chelsea lose. <laughs> It's a good word, isn't it? See, Paradise. you knew what the result was. I just yeah. knew. Because it, it's like a code. He coined it years ago when I think Chelsea were in the semi-final of a Champions League against Barcelona. Yeah. And it was really close and they were about to go through. But then in like the last kick of the game, I think Ian Esther scored. 
mm. and it was an away goal. So they went from a winning position to a losing position in the blink of an eye, just one Paradise. goal. And he sent through the word paradise. And so since then, it's stuck. <laughs> it sounds like the name of a sort of 1980s album yeah. by like Olivia Neutron John. Although she did Xanadu. It's similar, similar sort of word, isn't it? Yeah. Robert, Robert Palmer, Palmer did say. Robert Palmer, paradise. And he's just leaned against the wall with his bow tie undone. Against the palm tree. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I think I think this this Kepa thing might have been interesting. No, it wouldn't have been interesting if the match had been any good. It was basically mm. the only fucking eventful thing that happened in the game. So it's just been blown out of all proportion. As let's talk about this because there was nothing else. There was nothing else in the entirety of the afternoon. Manchester well, United versus from, Liverpool. Apart from Graham Souness starting on Dave Jones off the field stuff. Yeah. There's, there's, there's people that suggesting was the, it, that was the highlight of the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, there's people suggesting as well that it was actually aimed at Vidic and not Dave Jones. It was Vidic that was shooting yes. in the look because he was sitting opposite. And I think this is about Souness always needing to feel as though he's the hardest man in the room. Yeah. So it was a power. Now, Vidic player. is Serbian, isn't he? Yeah. And I always think of the Serbs as like a dangerous race. Very much so. Yeah. And I saw before the game, I saw there was some interesting body language because the way they'd set him up, you had little Dave Jones in the middle mm. and then Sunes on one side and Vidic on the other. But yeah, the, the way it was set up, they were facing each other and yeah. they were both sort of man-spreading, right? Yeah. And, they were, and Sunes was not paying any attention to Dave Jones. He was just not taking his eye off Vidic. <laughs> I've got my eye on you. <laughs> I'm watching you, son. One move and I'm ready. Go on, go on! I dare you. Just give me, give me the signal. Every word you see, every look you give me, I'm on it. <laughs> I'm the daddy in this room. Yeah. You ken that song by the police? You mind it? <laughs> every step you take, I'm watching you. You cunt. Great song that, isn't it? Hey, Vidic, I'm talking to you. Great song that. The police. That's who it is by. You remember the lyrics to that song? Great right? song. Great song, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a good song. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it many times. No, you're wrong. It's a bad song. It's a song about a stalker. You listen to the lyrics. That man's a stalker. Is that what you? Is that what you're in favour of, Vidic? Is that what you do? Because I can tell you now, if I find out you've been stalking any of my daughters, you're a dead man. Right? Death, death will be what you're begging for as a as a release. From the hell I will put you through. Is that what you're doing? You're stalking my daughters? <laughs> no, I don't know. I didn't even know you had daughters. Yeah. Well, you fucking ken that, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's given him that for 90 minutes while the football's been on. <laughs> I <laughs> haven't. Come on, Graham. I need to concentrate on the game. Or I won't know what to say when we go back on there. Never you mind about the game, you fucking pervert rash. <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting you there fucking, fucking man spreading I can fucking yeah. see you meeting two veg pals he's thinking about my fucking daughters there are you? is that what it's about <laughs> you fucking don't even look stop looking at the game I have to that's what they're paying me for stop uh, fucking look hey you look at me son because I want to see your eyes because I can stare into a man's soul once I've got my fucking peepers on their eyes just fucking listen to this new boy. I've been doing this for 30 fucking years. You don't have to watch the fucking game. Knee cunt watches the fucking game. Just fucking <laughs> shut your fucking mouth and shut your fucking legs. 
<laughs> then afterwards, Dave Jones is like, oh, Dave Jones has come over on Kevin King and all else, pals. Oh, God. It's all coming out. John Graham, I don't know why you have to be like this. You shut up, you fucking virgin. Shut your fucking mouth, laddie. <laughs> I've told you before, you don't talk to me. But I have to, it's my job. You don't talk to me. Right. Now, you can't. You're both cunts, but you're a dangerous cunt because you're stalking women, and that's disgusting. <laughs> this cunt here, Dave or whatever he calls himself, he's no problem to me. The fucking little baby hasn't even grown pubes yet. Fucking he's of unic- no fucking concern. <laughs> hey, Look. You're the fucking concern, but I want, I want you both to shut your fucking mouths now. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets to the end of the broadcast and Dave Jones is like, oh, that's great. Thanks for everyone. Thanks for all my guests for joining us today. Um, and we're going <laughs> over now to Wembley. Cut. And uh, Sooners just sits there and goes, hey, that was good. <laughs> that hey, was good. Davy boy, that was the best show we've ever done. Oh, hell spells. Oh, if you, if you say so, Graham. <laughs> it was. Say it. Say it's the best show you've ever done. <laughs> it was the best show I've ever done. Aye, it was. <laughs> I think we've left the audience in no doubt now as to who the bosses are around here. <laughs> Fantastic. Fiddich has just fucking scuttled out. Jumped to his car, go, that guy's pretty crazy. I think he needs some help. <laughs> what was his name? Graham? I don't know. I, I, I feel I bad for never him. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. <sighs> What are you looking right. like that? He literally said, what are you looking at me like that for? Oh, yeah, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> that was the sort of shit. It was Liverpool Man U before where we, we did, we reserved a special episode just to look at the Keen Sooness yeah. confrontation. Yeah. And there and there wasn't one. Sooness, I think, was quite silent in that game because, again, he just kept his eyes on Keen the whole time. I think hey. Sooness accepted that Keen was the real deal and yeah, treated like him you. as an equal. I like you, Roy. Yeah, I, I've been watching you. I've been watching you for years, and you've yeah. got no reason to fear me because I like you. I respect it was, you. It was two alpha males at the very, very top of their game, and there was that mutual respect between the two of them, circling each other slowly. Yeah. Whereas Sunis obviously saw Village as someone who needed to be destroyed and set about <laughs> doing it pathologically. I'll dismantle you piece by fucking I'll fucking piece. take you apart. You see, then- see one morning, right? I had my, my, my daughters were over with their weans, right? The little grandchildren. I've got up early one morning because every morning I get up at 3 a.m. before any other cunt can steal a march on me. See, <laughs> one of the weans has built a whole fucking Millennium Falcon out of about 200 fucking pieces of Lego. He's almost done. I seen it in the living room. Do you know what I did? I fucking took that Millennium Falcon and I dismantled it piece by fucking piece. <laughs> and I left all the pieces splayed out on the living room floor and when the wean gets up he clocks what's happened I'm sat there cool as a fucking cucumber looking at the wee cunt bring it on wee man he's come down and he started boring his eyes out what the fuck's happened to my fucking millennium Vulcan he said it's taken me days I've looked him straight in the eye I said aye that was me got a fucking problem with that have you wee man <laughs> Because if you have, come ahead, I'm fucking ready. And he knew then, and sometimes it's important at a young age to set your stall out to these fucks. But see what I did with that Millennium Falcon? That's what I'll do to you mentally and physically. 
Vidic. I'll leave okay. you fucking splayed out on the floor of this fucking studio. This fucking temporary studio. <laughs> fucking porter cabin. Shite. <laughs> Piece of shite studio this is. <laughs> I'll great. take this to pieces as well if I have to. <laughs> yeah, leave it the fucking car park. I've got my fucking screwdrivers with me. Don't worry about that. You fucking put it back. Keys. You put it back together, Jonesy, you weak cunt. <laughs> I'm away home. He <laughs> <laughs> fucking dusts himself down. Walks home. <laughs> I'm walking home. Where do you live? Never wa- you mind that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking home. I fucking dismantled my car earlier by the stick. <laughs> this is it. Shall we look at some uh, football predictions in the prediction league before we go? Yeah. Uh, you had a fantastic weekend, Sam. Five points for you. Wow. And two points for myself in results, but so you are now eight points clear at the top of the league Fucking on 96. Hell. I'm on 88 results, but on 86. Uh, we've got a full midweek programme of Premier League fixtures. Where hey. Excellent. So let's do some bonus predicting. Mm. Uh, these have all been chosen at random by the random fixture generator. So they're not necessarily the best fixtures, but they're the ones where it's the hand we've been dealt. Mm. And we must deal with it. Here we go. First of all, Cardiff versus Everton. Mm. Interesting game, this. I'll go mm. first. I've, I've got a feeling that Cardiff might nick this. Okay. I'm going to say Cardiff 1-0. One 1-0 one to Cardiff. I'm thinking this is going to finish 1-1. One, one. Uh, we move on. Leicester, managerless Leicester. Now that the uh, the game has been robbed of the sexy French voice of Claude Puel. Oh, I have hang been, on a minute. I when did that sacked. happen? Oh, did you not know? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday no. morning. Yesterday morning. When? Yesterday, yesterday morning. morning. <laughs> well, I think it happened on Saturday night. They I'm announced so it yesterday morning. Football. I have I'm... been. I have been relieved of my duties as manager of Leicester City. Uh, life goes on, you know, I will take a break. Maybe I will show up on Sky Sports as an analyst alongside Graham Souness. That will be fun. I prefer so. the game on Sunday morning calls on Sunday with Cammy and Ben Shepard. <laughs> he is such a nice man, Ben Shepard. And it is very nice you sit there and you say, I'm ready to go back into the, the job market. <laughs> and Cammy, he shouts and he makes his jokes. And I do not understand them, but I laugh anyway. And uh, that is how I would like to begin. I, I'm not sure I'm ready to sit beside Mr. Sooness just yet. <laughs> I will spend my afternoons watching Ben on his lovely show, Tipping Point, with the <laughs> coin drop. As I've also got a coin drop machine in my house, which I bought with my payoff from Leicester. I love that to see the coins That take up a lot fall. of my time. And presumably it'll be some extra time to spend with your wife and family, Claude. <laughs> no, I do, not have a, I do not have a wife and family. I live alone. I just have my coin machine. <laughs> and my, I collect the little uh, China, how you say, canard, canard. <laughs> Ducks, yes, the little China porcelain ducks. I have many of those, and I tend to them. And I play the little game and pretend that they are family, and they each have their own personality. Okay, you, okay, you've said enough. And just en- enjoy, enjoy your retirement. We've got to go yes, to a that- break now. Uh. <laughs> you said enough now. Honestly, it's uh, pretty weird. 
<laughs> so Leicester, managerless Leicester versus Brighton. I think they've got a couple of lads from um, from the club shop running things till the end of the season. So that that will work out all right, I reckon. Two one, I'll, two one to Leicester. Who's fucking sacked him? The fucking, I mean, who's in charge? I, it's very tragic. Let's not make light of it. But the owner of Leicester uh, died. Right, and yeah. That that, think... that that's one fucking. That that was obviously a huge tragedy that hit the club this year. And now they've sat the manager, but who? Was that it's, his missus, his it's, widow? It's his, it's his son. I think it's his son. Right. So there you go. That answers that question. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, oh, 2 0 Leicester. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I'm going to mirror you there and say 2 0 Leicester. Oh, you've just changed your mind. I thought you just, just said 2 1. All right, Fair 2 enough. 1. Copycat. 2 1. Fuck it. All right, I don't care. <laughs> 2 Next 1. Up, next up, Southampton versus Fulham. Poor, oh, poor Fulham. God almighty. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 2-1 as well again, this one. 2-1 uh, to Southampton. 2-0 Southampton. 2-0 Southampton. Uh, onwards to Crystal Palace versus Manchester United. Fucking hell. This is a tough one to predict because Palace have got a habit of getting results against the bigger sides and they had a cracking result the weekend they're on good form I think 1-0 to Palace this one 1-0 I'll go 2-1 Palace 2-1 to Palace okay and finally Liverpool versus Watford 1-0 Liverpool 1-0 1-0 I will go for fucking hell 2-0 to Liverpool alright the predictions have now been locked in they cannot yeah. be changed put them into the machine the processor in the system they're in the mechanism yeah. and we'll be back on, on Friday to discuss that I mean we'll be back lots of times before Friday because that's how this goes now that but, made um, t- loads we'll, of it we'll be back with the, the results and the update of the prediction league on Friday we'll be back tomorrow with another deep dive into the mailbag and then you've got a new Keegan episode Wednesday, a Roy Keane episode for the members of the Iron Filing Society on Thursday, the superior and, listeners. And coming soon to the Iron Filing Society, a deep dive into 1970s on the buses spin-off, Don't Drink the Water. So keep them peeled for that, gang. Bye-bye. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.